walk. And I came around this corner and it was then that I saw them. I knew that my sister-in-law, who lives in Queensland, who's also my best friend, she married my twin brother, a bit of a score for the family, um, was going to be waiting there with my niece, Bonnie. And I turned around this corner and I saw them. And if you want to put the picture on the screen, my niece was holding this sign. <laughs> Apparently they'd been yelling out my name for a while, but I'd been in so in the zone of the, the vortex of pain that I hadn't heard them. And um, Jenny, my, my best friend, could see that I'd been struggling. And so she got a little bit emotional and she was saying, I love you. You're doing so well. I believe in you. Keep going. You can do this. I'll see you at the finish line. And she gave me a gel and she gave me some water. And as you can imagine, it was all that I needed. I kept running and I, my legs felt lighter. Everything shifted at that moment. My breathing became more consistent. I thought, I've only got six kilometers to go. I can do this. And the interesting thing is that nothing actually changed about my external situation. It was still the same heat, the same slow, long incline. I still had the same amount of kilometers to go. But something internally had changed. Jenny had given me some strength, some strength that I couldn't muster for myself. And something had shifted within my own attitude. And today, the word that I want to bring us today and to reflect on is that when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you've got nothing left to give, when you don't have any strength, God has strength for you. And Lamentations 3.22, most of you will know this verse well, says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love this verse. I've always loved this verse. It's the kind of verse that you could put on a coffee mug and they'd sell it in Kurong. Um, It has a nice ring to it. Um, But I've never really looked at its context. I've never really read all of Lamentations. I haven't really read even the chapter, um, chapter 3. I've just always sort of highlighted this verse and, and loved it. But when you actually look at this verse and you look at the book, Lamentations is, as it sounds, it's a book of lament. And the guy who wrote this verse is in a lot of pain. He's in a lot of anguish. He says at the very beginning of chapter three, I am the man who has seen affliction. That's the very first description that he gives of himself. I am the man who has seen affliction. He said, I have become the laughing stock of all peoples. In verse 17, he says pointedly, I have forgotten what happiness is. This guy is a guy who knows what it is to have hit rock bottom, to feel like he wants to give up. But all the way through this book and through this chapter, it talks about affliction and pain, but then something changes right in the center of this book and right in the center of this chapter. In verse 21, this man says, but, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. When he's in pain, when he's on rock bottom, what does he do? What does he call to mind? He calls to mind the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When this man was struggling, when he is at the bottom, what does he do? He calls to mind the character of God. He remembers who his God is. And one of the most powerful things that I have been taught by people who are wiser and more mature in the faith than me is the importance of preaching to yourself, of reminding yourself the truths. 
And the thing about preaching to yourself is, it isn't actually that powerful when things are going well. When your faith is high, when you're at the front worshipping with arms open wide, it's not that powerful actually to preach the truths of God because you already feel it. You're already loving God and feeling blessed by him. Actually, the power of preaching to yourself is when you find yourself in a situation like this man, when you feel like giving up, when you're close to rock bottom, when you're tired, when you're weary, when you're anxious, when you're frustrated, actually that's when it becomes powerful to call things to mind, to preach to yourself. Two of the songs that we sung this morning, I didn't know we were going to sing them, but the one about King of My Heart says, you are good and you're never going to let me down. Now, those are the kind of words when you don't feel like God is good, when he feels far away, actually, when you feel let down by him, like this man in this chapter, to say and declare and preach to yourself, you are good and you are never going to let me down. That's actually what stamps down the lies of the devil. That is actual faith that transforms and changes. And that's the thing that's going to change other people because they're going to say, how can they declare that God is good when everything around them looks like he isn't? But that's what we need to do in those times, declare who God is, because that is actually what transforms us. And so in this verse, we're told of two things that we need to preach to ourselves. And the first one is that God's love never runs out. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. One of the places that I really want to visit before I die is Niagara Falls. You can put a picture of it up there. I think it would be so powerful to see this amazing work and power of God and just stand there and be um, feel so small and humbled by who God is reflected in his creation. But one of the powerful things about Niagara Falls is that it actually three almost three million liters of water flow over the mouth of Niagara Falls. And that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen every hour. That doesn't even happen every minute. But every second, three million litres of water pour over Niagara Falls. So it happens then and again and again, three million litres over and over and over again. And it's never stopped. It's never ceased. The water just continues to flow and flow and flow. And that gives us a picture of what God's love is like for us. See, there has never been a moment in your life, not a second, that God's love hasn't thunderously poured out down on top of you. There has never been a moment that his love has ceased for you. There's never been a time that his mercy has come to an end for you. It has just poured down on top of you because he loves you so much. Even when you don't feel like it, the water continues to flow and God's love continues to come out upon you. So that's what we need to remember We need to remember that God's love never runs out. It never ceases and his mercies never come to an end. Now, the second thing that we need to preach to ourselves is that his mercy is new every morning. It says his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. When I was um, in high school, my mum used to every single day walk or ride her bike to the local bakery and she would buy a fresh loaf of bread for us every day and bring it back home. And I just have this memory of coming down every single morning to a beautiful steaming fresh loaf of bread. You can put a picture up on there just to get people hungry for lunch. So my entire schooling life, I never ate day old bread. (laughs) 
I didn't realize how spoiled I was until I started having to provide for myself and buy my own bread. Who can be bothered to go to the bakery every morning? Like, seriously. But my mum loved fresh bread, and she would always buy it for us for our sandwiches. And I just loved it. I loved coming down and having fresh bread for breakfast and for our lunch. And actually, that's what God's mercy is like. But every single morning when we wake up, we get fresh mercy, fresh strength to face the day. And see, sometimes we think, we get anxious because we think that we're going to have to face tomorrow's troubles with today's resources. We think about all the things that we've got on tomorrow, all the challenges, all the things ahead. And we think, I don't know if I can do that. I don't have strength for that. But God says, don't worry. I give you fresh strength, fresh mercy every single day. I give you new mercies for today. For, for every single day. So today's mercy is for today's troubles. Tomorrow's mercy is for tomorrow's troubles. So when your head hits the pillow at the end of each night, no matter how exhausted or how depleted you may feel, be encouraged because God has got fresh mercy and fresh strength for you the very next day. He's ready like a fresh loaf of bread to give you what you need to sustain you and get through whatever's going to face you tomorrow. So you don't need to worry. You can sleep well going, I'm going to be renewed and given new strength and new mercy tomorrow morning. Today's mercies for today's troubles. Tomorrow's mercies for tomorrow's troubles. So today, this week, when you're going through your week, you're facing whatever you may be facing, whether it's big or whether it's small, I encourage you to preach these things to yourself, to remember God's love, remember that his love never runs out, it never fails, it never comes to an end. And remember that his mercy is new every morning, ready to sustain you, ready to fill you. Because Jesus is like my sister-in-law. He's standing there ready to give us the strength and inspiration that we need. Ready to tell us that he loves us, to keep going, that we can do it. That he'll see us at the finish line. But the powerful thing about Jesus is that he doesn't just cheer us on from the sideline. He doesn't just look down from heaven and say, you're doing a great job. No, Jesus actually comes and joins the race. He ducks under the rope and he comes into our mess. And now by the power of the Holy Spirit, he lives in us to give us that strength that we need every single day to carry us forward. So remember that word today, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm going to hand over to Amy. Well, I don't feel like I need to preach anymore, so uh, I feel like Anna and I have been in a little bit of conversation this week about what we were speaking about, but um, I probably didn't realize how well that our messages were going to gel together. Um, So um, we've been talking about my life, my responsibility, my house, my responsibility, and so I want to talk today, uh, touch on a bit what Anna spoke about of my mindset, my responsibility. Um, And I want to share a bit of a personal journey today. Um, Most of you have already heard our story, but um, when I was younger, probably anywhere from 15 to probably my early 20s, people would ask me, so what is it that you want to do with your life? You know, what's your dream? What's your goal? And I only ever had one answer, and people couldn't comprehend that. My my only answer was that I wanted to be a mum. That was it. I didn't have a a dream career. I didn't want to travel the world. I didn't want any of that. All I wanted to do was to have an incredible, loving family with children. 
And um, fast forward that to 2013, I was 25. And um, what no 25-year-old should have to face is the, the, the journey of having to go through IVF. And uh, most of you know that we had to, to go through IVF with, uh, with Cooper. Uh, by the grace of God, we didn't have to with Georgia. But um, going through this process was such an emotional, exhausting, physical, and huge play on the mindset. And um, I just remember, I remember, I clearly remember each stage of this journey and there were three things, three things that I want to share with you today through, through, through our journey, through our circumstances, through our situations that I found incredibly helpful, not only in that situation, but I've been able to, to grab onto those things and put them into, into work, into my situations that I face every day. And the first one um, is the power of the word. Today, <laughs> there's a lot of different versions of the word and um my where I normally go to for the word is on my phone um but uh, Romans 1 16 says so faith comes from hearing hearing through the word of Christ this is the living word this bible here has so many promises so many hopes so many dreams so many things that we need to feed ourselves with. There's literally thousands of promises. Late last night, um, I was just Googling. I just wanted to have a list, a list of the promises in the Bible. And there was a document that was 119 pages, double-sided, long. And I want to read you just one, one page, just one page. God's word, the power of his word, for the, Lord, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Lord gives strength to his people. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For I am with you, I will deliver you, and I will save you. Be still and know that I am your God. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. Throughout my journey, I was consistently reminded of this. There were two, two key scriptures. The first one was Psalm 20, verse 4. May he grant you the desires and make all your plans succeed. I knew from a young, from a teenager and in my young 20s, I had this one deep desire in my heart. This one deep desire. And when you're faced with a circumstance that's blocking that desire from coming to fruition, it's hard. Um, and that, that was the one scripture that I knew that I was going to become a mum. The second one, I lost count of how many times that my mum would tell me this scripture over almost every day throughout this journey. It was a long process, 
or what, what felt like a long process. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know uh, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan to give you hope and a future. So that brings me to my second point, which is the power of positive confession. I remember clearly coming out, we'd, we'd, We'd been through, we'd started this process of, of IVF and I remember coming out of, I remember going into surgery just as clearly as I remember coming out and I was so pumped. I was like, yes, this is going to happen. They write on um, the, the back of your hand um, the number of eggs that they retrieve in the surgery and um, I was like, I had 31 and I was pumped. I was like, yes, this is going to be easy. You know, this is success. But I remember also the doctor saying, um, pre-warning Ben, that um that I wasn't going to cope with that. It wasn't the it wasn't the ideal circumstance. And um the the higher of eggs that they retrieve, the actual um the less viable they are. So I had 31. Like that's an incredible number. 31. Like, you know, I was like, God's got this, you know, it's all under control. And I remember, you know, we'd left the hospital, uh yeah, we'd left the hospital and um you know, the next couple of days started to progress and I was still positive. And each day we would get a phone call to let us know how many embryos were left. Each day it kept decreasing, slowly but surely, it kept decreasing. And it came to the end of the process and um, they had one. And so I, I hit rock bottom after that. Also, don't forget that they pump you full of hormones and then they take them straight out of you. So I actually found myself, which is, if you're a woman, that is not a good thing. But I found myself in a situation that was so foreign to me. I found myself going through anxiety. I found myself back in the specialist office going, what is going on? I wasn't coping at that point. And I remember they, they encouraged me to go and see the, uh, the counsellor that, that they had for, for couples um, who were going through this process. And I remember sitting with them and I remember them talking to me about this process and about how I needed to stay positive. I needed to be in the right frame of mind and I needed to talk positivity through this journey. And um, you know what, that's... That's what we have to do as Christians. That's what we have to do if we have a relationship with Jesus. We need to be putting this word into our lives and confessing it day by day. We face situations and we need to confess his word because reality is he's got it covered. Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. God can do some amazing things. When we speak in faith and trust him, Mark eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, have faith. Whoever speaks to the mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and don't doubt, but believe those things he said will happen and it, and it will be done for them. Our first round of F was a total disaster. 31 eggs retrieved is actually, is, is not great. They, in, in a way, overstimulated me and um, no eggs were ended up being viable. 
I remember、um, we'd gone back for our for a, a checkup with the doctor, and、um, you know he basically said, "Do you want to go for a second round?" And I went, "I can't do it. I just can't do it." I was still processing what had just happened, and、um, I remember, I remember we walked out of the specialist's office. We went to pay for our appointment, and、um, I just had this overwhelming feeling. Ben and I looked at each other, and he said to me, "Are you sure you don't want to give it another go?" And I went,、oh, "Let's do it." I had to overcome some fear, and I had to get the courage. Fear is a feeling of where we think that there's danger. There's a situation that we don't want to look at. We don't want to enter into. But courage is the ability to overcome something that frightens us. Isaiah forty one ten says, "Fear not, for I am with you. For I am your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand." And you know what? That's exactly what God did. I went back in for a second round. First round we got thirty one. The second round we got eleven eggs that were retrieved. And I was like, you know what? Came out of surgery. I saw that there were eleven, and I was like, you know what? My fear, my anxiety, you know what? That that's nothing anymore because I know that God had given me a dream, had given me a desire, and I was going to see it come to pass. That round, God did deliver. That one, that second round, all ten embryos. Day by day, we got the phone call. Nine, eight, seven. It kept going. They had one. They had one left. And I remember going in. We get phone calls. You got phone calls in the morning. And I remember getting a phone call, going, "You know what? Come in. It's it's ready to transfer." And I remember we went in. And I just, I went in. Did the transfer and walked out, and I was like, "This is it." I knew that this was it because I had God's power, God's love, God's hope, you know, in my life. I was confessing it. Funnily enough, that round we ended up with Cooper, who is now four and a half years old, who is an absolute delight, an absolute joy. We were then able to. Continue on without any IVF with Georgia, and I'd like to say that I am officially done. <laughs> Two children is enough, but、um, you know what? We are constantly faced with situations where we need to take courage, rest in God's love, step out in His Word, in our hearts. But also in our mouths. I'm going to invite Anna back up, and、um, I hope that today, that if you are if you are facing a situation, 
and, and some of the stuff that Anna and I have spoken about this morning. I'm going to hand over to Anna in a second and um, you know what, we, we're going to invite those who don't know Jesus or maybe who are in a situation of where you need to step out, you need to get some courage, you need to get that word into your life. We want to invite you and we want to pray for you. And um, I'm going to hand over to, to Anna. That's great. Thanks, Amy. It's awesome. Well, both Amy and I have been talking a lot about building your life on the word, confessing the truth. But way before that, the very first step is actually getting right with God. And we don't want to miss an opportunity for you to do that today. And so perhaps if you made a decision a long time ago, but you don't feel quite close to God today, or perhaps you've never actually made the decision to commit your life to God. We want to give you that opportunity. And one of the songs that we sung tonight is built on the, the verse, the story of a famous story that Jesus called, told called the prodigal son. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story about a son who he runs away from his family. He abandons his father. He spends all of the inheritance, all of the money that his father gave him. But he spends all of the money and he gets down to rock bottom. And he finds himself feeding the same food as the pigs that he is taking care of. And in that moment, he thinks, you know what, maybe I should go home. Maybe I should go see my father. And so he starts to head back home. And the incredible part of the story is that when this son comes back to the father that he has left, that he has run away from, that he has spent all the money of, the father doesn't berate him. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't say, I told you so. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't give him the silent treatment. No, in Luke 15, this is what the father says. He says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He felt compassion for him. He ran and embraced him and kissed him. So I want you to know today that if you feel far away from God, if you don't feel close to him, God's not going to get angry at you. He's not going to give you the silent treatment. No, while you're still a long way off, God will run to you and he will embrace you and he will tell you that he loves you. So today, if you want to get right back with God, if you want to have your peace with him, then let's all close our eyes and let's repeat this prayer after me. Lord God, today, I thank you for your love. I thank you for Jesus. Please forgive me for the ways I've rebelled against you. I want to get right with you. I want to come back to you. Please receive me so I can follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.